Once you live in the 716, Buffalo sports is ingrained in your soul. No matter where you are, we always remember the roots that helped us grow. Don't let where you live or the people around you stop you from showing your Buffalo pride. Join us Buffalonians as we talk all things sports in the 716 on the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. Circles the way, like the Buffalo Bills. I'm your host, Nick English, alongside my co-host, Andrew Ogwich. No matter where we are, no matter the heartbreak, we will always remain Buffalo loyal. This is the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. Appreciate everyone for tuning in each and every week. We are back recording on a Wednesday night. Prior to week one, it is finally here. The Bills are taking on the New York Jets on Monday Night Football this upcoming week. Um, Before we dive into that, though, the Buffalo sporting world um, has been pretty busy the last 24 hours or so. Um, But before we kind of get into the stuff going on with the Sabres and the Bandits, let's check in with Andrew and see how he's feeling as we are now just a few days away from the Bills kicking things off on Monday Night Football, the last game of Week One, how you feeling? Are you going to be able to withstand, you know, Sunday and not watching any games and being the last game of Week One? Yeah, I'm doing great, Nick. Because we are down to single digits of days to wait uh, until Buffalo Bills football officially kicks off for this season. Um, it stinks that it's Monday night. It reaffirms my hatred for primetime games. Um, we have to wait as long as anyone else, uh, you know, longer than anyone else to watch our team, but it's okay. Uh, we're on the big stage. Um, and, uh, we're just, we're back football season's back. So really, really not much to complain about. Absolutely. And, you know, just when you thought that the Bills would be the only team, you know, making news in Buffalo this week, both the Bandits and the Sabres, both having some newsworthy items to quickly hit on. So first things first, the Sabres, it has not been, you know, officially confirmed by the team yet, but we've mentioned after the whistle with Craig Ray and Andrew Peters, um, you know, Bleacher Report to count today tweeted out from, you know, referring to after the whistle that Rasmus Dahlin has a rumored extension in Buffalo for eight years with an AAV of $10.5 million. Um, It's something that's kind of been in the works. It seems like for a while between both Dahlin and the Sabres, and it seems like power is probably going to be next. It seems like that the contract talks have been ongoing since the season's end that both of them wanted to get deals done. Um, And it kind of just seems like it's a matter of time before a deal gets announced. Um, If this is true, eight times 10.5, what are your thoughts on getting Rasmus Dahlin locked up? And that would make him the third highest paid defenseman in the NHL. I love it. I think Rasmus Dahlin has embraced this city and this team and kind of the new goal for this team uh, more so than anyone else. I mean, he has really 
kind of etched himself as a Buffalo sports icon, right? He's a, one of the faces of the Sabres franchise. Um, he really, like I said, he just, he's embraced what it means to be a Buffalo athlete, uh, right? You see him and Dion Dawkins have a great friendship. You know, he goes to Bill's games. He loves the bandits. He's just super passionate about the city, the fans and the team. And, that's the important part here is the team needs him. He's an incredibly talented and key part to this team, to this roster and to the future success that they have coming down the road. Uh, and you need him to be part of that. So I definitely think uh, it's not too much. I think it's the right amount of money. I think it's a great deal. Um, and I, I, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to have him locked in um, as kind of one of those staple pieces that you can build around and, um, know who your franchise guy, one of the franchise guys, is going to be moving forward for the future. Um, it's, uh, I think, the price is right, and I'm excited. I think, I think he's got a C coming uh, in the near future. I think maybe once, uh, right, a Poso hangs him up, or you know, is done uh, with his career um, or moves on, whatever that may look like. I think Dalin could be next in line or at the very least an assistant. Um, he, he's definitely earned it. Um, and I mean, paycheck definitely is, you know, a good exhibit of sto- as to why he deserves it as well. So super happy for him. Happy for the organization. Glad they got it done ahead of the season. Don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, they can just go out and win some hockey games and, and play some great hockey. Like he has been the past couple of years. Yeah, and I don't even think he's really reached his full ceiling yet. I think last Mm -hmm. year was just a glimpse of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had an A last year. And like you said, I think maybe one of the holdups of, and this was kind of rumored around Twitter and a lot of speculation, obviously, because we don't know like the full details and scope yet. But one of the ideas, I believe it was Chad Dedeminis that threw it out, which honestly, I didn't really even think of because of how long ago it's been. But you know, you mentioned the captain, you know, seeing, you know, if a postal leaves, maybe he's going to be it next year. Maybe there's an idea thrown out there that you could go back to your Briere Drury days and have mm-hmm. multiple captains and kind of have sure. Rasmus Dahlin join a Poso in the captainship leadership role, have one for home, one for away, rotate, whatever it may be, have a Poso kind of help him along in, you know, transitioning over to being a captain once he's gone um and then you see a few more players with a's on maybe it's a you know a cousins or a samuelson or whoever gets an a uh, to reward them um so it'll be interesting to see what happens there super excited like you said um and the best part about it is even with that reported number the sabers still have you know like 20 something plus million dollars in cap still even with that, just because of how young they are in the job that Kevin Adams has done, locking in these young players like Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, Samuelson in these awesome deals. And then you also get the youth of the Jack Quinns, Paterka's Levi's on their rookie scale, you know, before they blow up. Really big opportunity for this team. And not to mention, they also announced that they're going to be wearing the Goathead jerseys 15 times this year, which is just even more awesome. But 15 Um, free wins exactly 30 points (laughs) right off the bat um but yeah it's uh great to see that they're you know finally locking in some guys that you know have gone through the hardships of buffalo they want to be here like you said he's a staple to 
not only the Sabres, but just the Buffalo community as a whole. Like you said, the whole one Buffalo idea between Dawkins and him and just everything in Buffalo seems like it's going in the right direction from a sports capacity right now. Um, so that's super awesome to see, um, especially on a day when, you know, seems like the Bills are getting on the line lately, but hey, the Sabres are coming into their own as well. Yeah, they're still around. Their season's coming up here. And I think one thing about Rasmus Dahlin is um, I think he's a player that is a product product of the team around him, right? The first couple of years we've had, you know, he was on the team. Team wasn't great. He kind of struggled. He was, you know, young, trying to figure it out. As this team is getting better, he is getting better, right? His confidence is growing. I think that's huge, especially for, look, you're locking him in for eight more years now. That's huge, especially with the trajectory that this team is going on. As this team is going to is, is getting better and progresses and, and kind of figures out who they are and kind of has that new identity of we're going to be a winning franchise, we're going to get over that playoff, uh, you know, hump and and break the drought and keep going and be relevant again. I think Rasmus Stalin is going to be part of that and on that ride to continue to get better and and keep elevating his gameplay. So I don't think we've seen um you know like you mentioned Nick I don't think we've seen all we can get out of Rasmus Stalin. I think it's only going to get better. Um and you know that sounds like a yeah no brainer the more experience he has obviously but I just like I said I think he's a product of the roster around him. When the team is very good, he is very good and this team is getting better. So we should expect Rasmus Stalin to get better. So and no more Ralph Kruger also right. helps a lot. <laughs> well yeah that helps in many areas. Yeah. Um, and the best part about it is when the extension is officially announced, he still does have one year left on his previous mm-hmm. contract. So that number is not even going to kick in till next year. So just another chance for Buffalo to really get going this year um, as far as the Sabres go. Um, yep. But bandits wise, couple moves on their end. Um, so they signed cam wires to a two year deal. And then they also made a trade um, in which they acquired a goaltender, Steve Orlman, from the Riptide, along with a couple second-round picks. Um, and the Riptide acquired a third from the Bandits, Austin Madronok from the Rush, and then the Rush acquired Nathaniel Kuznetsnikov. Hope I didn't butcher half those names. But um, So, yeah, Bandits getting a little active, bringing in a couple of players, notably another goalie, you know, We've talked about them, you know, the you've talked about before, Andrew, the goalie market being uh, pretty slim when it comes to um, the NLL. So um, what did you make of these couple moves that the Bandits made here um, over the last 24 hours or so? Yeah, I like them. Uh, we'll start with Cam. Cam Wires, he was their first round um, draft pick back in the 2022 uh, entry draft. He was their third. Pick overall um, went back to Loyola to finish out school. He had an extra year of eligibility, played a fifth year at Loyola for the Greyhounds uh, because of COVID and everything. But um, it's a good ad for this team. Uh, we've talked about defense sometimes can be an issue for this team. Um, so you're adding a very solid defenseman in Cam. Uh, he played deep hole in college, right? So he's got to transition to a short stick in box across, but I mean, that's not a big transition for these guys. Um, very solid guy. Great with ground balls. Great with um, kind of keeping guys out into space. So um, 
that's a huge, huge ad for this team, uh, right? We've seen the injury bug come and go with this squad throughout the year. It's a long schedule. It's a long year for them. Um, you got to have guys that you can trust to step in and kind of help out if needed, when needed. So great signing there. I mean, like I said, he was their first round draft pick. They liked him enough to draft him first overall, had to wait a year to get him. Now they have him two year deal. It's great, right? Let's see what he can get. Get him into training camp and go from there. And as far as Orlman is concerned, um, a great add on on goalie. Uh, been in the league for a couple of years, uh, right? Coming over from from the Riptide, um, nothing too flashy stats wise. Kind of been playing in a backup role, um, right? not too many wins plays here and there played a good amount for the riptide recently. Um, but he, he's pretty solid. His rookie season was really good. Um, played a lot of time as a rookie. So he has some experience, which is good, right? If something were to happen to Matt Vince, um, he could step in and, and be a good enough backup to keep you in games or right. He's a good development project. He's a good project for you. Matt Vince re-signed for two years. So if you give two years to kind of develop Steve, make sure, right, he's solid in his game, you know, he can step in when Matt Vince is done. So I like it. It's a good move. It's a low-risk, high-reward type of play. They didn't give up too much. They gave up a third-round draft pick. Not a big deal. And you get some draft picks back as well. So I like it. I think it's a great move. Um just to kind of add to this depth, help this team out. Um, if they catch the the injury bug again, like they have last, you know, last couple seasons, and and again, looking towards the future, um, I really think Steve could could be a solution moving forward. Uh, but we'll see. So, uh, fun fact: he does have an older brother who's also in the league, who's also a goalie. So, two two Orlman goalies in the NLL, and, and we got one of them. So. But yeah, that's uh, that's your bandits moves, bandits news. Uh, they'll get started here uh, in December, so a few months out. Um, I know most of the guys are still playing in the PLL, uh, which is finishing up their season. They're in some uh, into the playoffs, the chaos, uh, which do have most of the bandits players did lose in the quarterfinal round this past weekend. So most of those guys, uh, Dane, Josh, Ian McKay, um, Chase Frazier, those guys are done uh, for the summer, which it sucks that they didn't go all the way, but silver lining gives them some time to rest i mean they've been going constantly since you know last november um you know with the nll into the pll so gives them some time to rest up uh i know josh again still playing hurt he hasn't really been playing much through this second half of the pll season he's been in and out of the the injury lineup so or the injury report so gives these guys some time to rest up and, and take a breather before the bandits kick off uh the you know defending championship season so yeah gotta get back in shape to go back to back absolutely um, but on to the main course of today's episode the bills are back and they're getting a week one against the new york jets they're coming off of the end of the preseason where they Looked good against the Bears. You know, the offense able to put some things together. Don't really need to dive too much into that. We're focused on week one. It's a monumental game. Um, it's going to be a long week for, if you're a Bills fan on Twitter, 
um, just uh-huh. based on all the national storylines that are surrounding this game, the amount of hype that's been around the Jets, not only just from the media, but with hard knocks as well. Um, obviously, everyone's still remembering how that season last ended, you know, for the Bills. And before we kind of dive into the game, we did finally get um, a lot of answers um, that we've been kind of been waiting for from Sean McDermott about who's going to be starting in certain positions um, that we, you know, were kind of up in the air about, especially at middle linebacker. Uh, they were, you know, since the last time we recorded, they did bring in uh, Christian Kirksey, also the practice squad. I think that's an awesome ad. He played with uh-huh. Micah Hyatt at Iowa and had a great relationship with Jordan Poyer, you know, playing with the Browns and whatnot as well. Um, so I think it's only a matter of time once he gets up to speed on the playbook that he kind of gets brought up to the active roster, which I think is going to be um, a great thing for this team. And then obviously they also added another tackle to kind of back up Spencer Brown, who's had a lot of starts um, in Jermaine Afidi started a lot for the Falcons. and think this whole preseason with the Panthers, he didn't allow a single sack. Um, so really good ad. Uh, for them, there's eight years in the league as well. So um, really good there too. But yeah, Sean McDermott comes out today. Terrell Bernard, beside, you know, despite not starting at all during the preseason because of injuries, is going to be the middle linebacker starter next to Matt Milano. Christian Benford beats out Dane Jackson. So despite Dane looking pretty good in the preseason, uh, Benford's able to win that job. Um, which says a lot about him, you know, being able to come from a sixth round or seventh round pick, um, whatever he was to be able to be a starter, you know, two years in a row. People forget that last year he was a starter for this team right off the bat against the Rams all the way until he got injured in about week four. And then Osiris Torrance, you know, the second round pick we got beats out Ryan Bates and is going to be a significant contributor. So between Torrance and Dalton Kincaid, you know, the thing over the last few years is that Sean McDermott and this, you know, front office don't love to play rookies right away. You know, they wanted to ease Kyer Elam and stuff along, but, you know, they're getting a lot of production. They're going to need a lot of production from Torrance and Kincaid this year. Um, so I think it speaks volumes to how good they were during preseason training camp and just working and, you know, really competing and winning those spots. Um, so when you hear Bernard starting, when you hear, uh, Benford starting and then Torrance. What are the first things that are coming to your mind, uh, Andrew, as McDermott, you know, made those announcements today? I'm excited. I, I like the moves a lot. I, I think I think it's the right decision. I'm super pumped for Osiris. I think that's I agree. Awesome to put that much confidence. I mean, the Bills offense, I mean, obviously Josh, but the Bills offense will live and die by that offensive line. I mean, if if that offensive line can keep it together, stay healthy, protect Josh, give him time, open up holes for the running back room, you, there's no stopping this offense this year. So it is huge. It is a huge job for a rookie to come in and protect one of the faces of the NFL in Josh Allen. Um so for, for them to put that vote of confidence in him is awesome. I love to see it. I'm excited to watch him out there. 
week in and week out. I really liked what I saw from him um, over the summer and training camp and the preseason. So I'm I'm super pumped for him. A lot of um, confidence when you have Quinn Williams coming at you week one, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that we'll talk about it, but that Jets defensive line is no joke. They've got some dogs over there. So, I mean, they they've got their work cut out for them this week uh, coming up, but I am, uh, I'm super, super excited to kind of see it. I I'm excited for Benford um, right. And Bernard, who these guys have been battling injury. We've been wanting to see them play, see what they can do, see what, you know, they can contribute to this defense with all the injuries last year and all the shakeups and the bouncing around. It's, I'm just hoping and praying, crossing everything that they can stay healthy and we can keep a consistent depth chart out there, right? And keep a core out there. Um, I mean, middle linebacker was the talk of the off season. Well, one of, um, you know, we've got, we made a decision, we're moving forward and it's time to play together as a squad. So I think it's, I I'm happy with all the moves. I think it's the right call uh, for every spot and, um, I'm ready to kind of see what they what they're made of, what they've got. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't be more excited. I agree with you on everything. I'm really happy for Benford, like you said, with the injuries last year. Kind of felt like you know it got taken away from him after he earned it all preseason, being mm-hmm. a late round draft pick and then performing well when he was out there. Um, so another chance to go out there and do it once again. He's a very good open field tackler as well, which I think really helps, especially against the run when you're going up against Delvin Cook and Brees Hall, you know, in week one. Um, Going into this game, like I mentioned already, there's a lot of pressure both ways. It's one of the probably the most hyped game maybe in week one this week um, as far as the magnitude of what's at stake for both of these teams. So when you look at it, Andrew, who, in your opinion, is facing more pressure in this game? Is it the Bills or is it the Jets, in your opinion? Um, in my opinion, I th- I think it's the Bills for week one. Um, I think the Jets kind of have a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. Um I think there's a couple of reasons. I, I think, yes, there's been so much hype around them going into it, right? They've been crowned AFC East champions, playoff lock. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a rebirth. Um, but also, right, like it's a new squad they're putting together. It's week one. They can always fall back on, hey, we're still trying to get guys to learn the offense. Aaron's still trying to get comfortable with everything. Um, it's one week, we'll be fine. It's a long season, right? Like you can go off that where I think the bills, everyone has just been trashing the bills. I think there's, I think the fact that there's no expectations and no pressure put on the bills to perform and to win and to get to the Super Bowl and, and, and all of this stuff, win the AFC East. I think that puts more pressure on them. They have to come out and prove people wrong. All the Jets have to do is prove people right. I think that's a much, it's a much harder thing to do to prove people wrong than it is to prove people right. Um, Right. You're going into New York um, with a team that hasn't played together fully, you know, complete, uh, a complete roster in a long time. So, uh, new coordinator, 
on the defense, second year of an offensive coordinator that has faced a lot of criticism. Um, it's a lot on the Bills to, to get it right in a hostile environment with a division foe that you hate, they hate you, they have called you dead, right? They have read your last rights. Um, it's a lot of pressure for them. And if they lose on Monday night, Oh man, Twitter and the pundits and the mainstream media are going to be awful. I mean, it's just, it's going to be terrible, right? I mean, it's the season's going to be over and it's week one. I mean, either way, win or lose, it's week one. You do not win a Super Bowl in week one. Um, granted, I wish it wasn't against a division opponent because that doesn't help anything, because uh, that does mean something when it comes to the latter part of the season, but. Back to the original question. I think the Bills have it harder. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the backs are against the wall, and they, they need to perform. I'm actually going to go with the Jets, and I actually don't disagree with pretty much any of the points you made. But um, the reason I'm going to go with the Jets is because what the Bills have shown us, you know, in Sean McDermott's tenure, you know, for as much as it sucked – all the blunders that we've had in the playoffs. The one thing that we can count on during the Buffalo Bills during the regular season, at least is they've shown up and played a bunch of really tough teams and really big games and won a lot. And they're a good regular season team. And despite all the noise every single year, yes, we've come up short with Super Bowl expectations um, to this point. And we want to try to get back to that this year. Um, but we've answered the call a lot during the regular season, whether it's going into Kansas City, beating them twice, going on to, into Baltimore last year and beating them. You know, when Josh had like John Brown and Cole Beasley, we went into Pittsburgh and secured a playoff berth on the road in a hostile environment. Like this team has the ability with this with the, this coaching staff and these players to go in there and get the job done. And with the Jets because they've been talked about so much because they're walking around like they already have won the AFC East. And I understand as far as what you're saying, as far as that's almost like a free get out of jail free card with Rogers being new and the new pieces. But at the same time, we all know Rogers career is winding down. They don't have a year to kind of just piss away um, and not perform, especially when you bring in all of his buddies like Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and whatnot, you go out and sign Delvin Cook, you know, you have DJ Reed talking about how him and Sauce Gardner are the best two cornerback tandem in the NFL. They're going to shut us down. There's a lot of pressure on not only the Jets, but Robert Sala, because if he's not able to get it done with this team, he could be on the hot seat soon. And if like, just like you said, if the Bills, you know, lose week one, obviously Super Bowls aren't won in week one, but you look at the next few games for the Bills after that. It's not the hardest task in the world as far as we're opening against the Raiders at home week two. A good bounce back, get right game. I don't think they're going to be very good if they were to lose. Whereas the Jets, to me, if they lose this week one game, week two, they go on the road at the Cowboys. Then you have a divisional game against the Patriots. Then you have the Chiefs at the Broncos. And then you have the Eagles, Giants, Chargers after that so they don't have an easy schedule so they can't really be affording to lose week one compared to i think buffalo has a better chance and has showed in the past they can recover from a tough loss um and i just think with similar to buffalo last year the jets are coming in 
with a lot of hype. And if you look at what Aaron Rodgers has done the last two years um, in season openers, it hasn't been pretty. Um, and this defense has a lot of expectations to live up to. You know, they're talking about they want to be as good as the 85 Bears. Well, the Bills added some new weapons. You have Ken Dorsey going into, you know, year two. As the OC, Josh Allen is not going to be injured like he was last year against you. Um, yes, the Bills have some question marks offensively, especially on the line. And, you know, they have, they better be ready to stop the run at the middle linebacking spot and in the open field. Um, and I think there's really no right or wrong answer to this. Um, but for me, I'm looking at it from the Jets' perspective of they know that they have Rodgers here for a couple years. And if this year doesn't go as planned, they might have just gave away assets, traded Rodgers, and paid a bunch of players to appease him that might not mean anything for them two, three, and four years down the line and might end up setting them back if they don't get this right right away. Yeah, I think that's fair. Right in those points you you mentioned towards the end there, I think that's why I am not afraid of the Jets this year uh, or really at all. I just, I I'd like to believe it's going to crash and burn and it's it's going to be a failed experiment, but shit, you never know. It's the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Um so going off of that, we're going to kind of go through the Bills schedule obviously starting with this game. Um, after this game, we're just going to kind of go win-loss throughout. But for this game, what players are you looking at, one on offense, one on defense, and then the ultimate score um, prediction before we kind of dive through the rest of the Bills schedule for this year and make predictions? Yeah. Um, on offense, I mean, it's got to be Josh. First game back your elbow was bothering you. You had some drama towards the end of the year. If season didn't end the way you wanted it to against Cincinnati, um, all the nonsense with digs, how can Josh kind of channel the excitement, the adrenaline, all of the storylines, all the narratives, right? I mean, you're the face, you were the face on Madden. You've got, you're on every other commercial that airs on television you're all over social media you've got paparazzi trying to take pictures of you while you're you know laying out with your new hollywood girlfriend a lot has happened for josh how can josh channel who he is who he's been who we've gotten used to go out play football play smart football um the jets defensive line like i mentioned earlier is no joke they are a hard-nosed real aggressive defensive line. There's question marks with your offensive line. Um, you know, Josh does things that sometimes doesn't make it easier for him. Um, right. Scrambles too quickly, gets himself into trouble, um, makes stupid plays, forces stuff. So Monday night in New Jersey against the jets, opening it up, lots of expectations, lots of narratives spinning around you. How can you come out and take over the game? Um, so that's, I want to see Josh just play smart football. I, I want the first game from last year out of Josh. He was great. A couple of mistakes here and there. It's the first game of the season that happens, but he was precise, incredible deep throws, very smart with the ball. Um, that's what I want to see out of Josh defensive side. Oh man. I don't know. Um, I guess it's going to be, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Gregory Rousseau. 
you don't have Vaughn yet. It's going to be about six weeks, right? You're going to have to wait. My guess is after London to get him back. This is your defensive line. You are kind of the leader now. How can you stop Aaron Rodgers? How can you break through this Jets offensive line, which has also had some issues. They're not terrible. They're not great. They are beatable. They're very beatable. You can take advantage of them. Can you get Aaron Rodgers moving, get him on his toes, um, take him off of his game early, his first game with his new team? Um, how can you do that? How can you be a game wrecker? So I, I want to see a big game out of Gregory Russo. I want to see him kind of take over command of the trenches for this team and really set the tone early. You got Delvin cook on the other side of you. You got maybe Brees hall. If he plays, I, I haven't seen if, if they're going to play him or not, but um, there, there's some weapons over there. Um, are they all going to work together and pan out? That's yet to be seen, but there are some guys that can burn you. So you need to be at the top of your game. And I, I want to see a lot out of him. I want to see a couple, a couple sacks um, flying around to the ball plugging up holes and just making their life miserable Monday night. Yeah. I, I like that pick a lot. Um, I'll start on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, I'm looking at Trey white. He is one full year recovered now from the ACL. Um, and I think a lot of people have forgotten how good he was, that he was an all pro locking down every team's number one and no one wanted to throw at him. Mm-hmm. He's got Garrett Wilson, and some of these other speedy guys like McCole Hardman, Alan Lazard, week one. Um, I think this is a good chance on a big stage to come out right away and, you know, look right across the field at Sauce Gardner and say, hey, like, I'm that dude too still. Like, I'm going to come out here and I'm going to take away Aaron Rodgers, number one, and I'm going to give my defensive front enough time to get to him, and it's going to be a long fucking night for you. That's what I want to see out of Trey White um, during this game. Uh, for week one um, offensively I'm looking at the rookie Dalton Kincaid um, I think you know the Jets have done a good job of both against Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs um, in their last few matchups um, I think they're going to have a little bit more success I think Ken Dorsey will move Diggs around a little bit more and give him more matchups that he can win on like he did I felt like last year I think in the second matchup, a lot of that was predicated on Josh's, you know, injury. I mean, he missed digs a couple times for some really big gains um, in the second time they played him last year. Um, you know, Dawson Knox is going to be, you know, the quote unquote feature number one tight end. But I think they can use Kincaid in a lot of variety of ways. And I don't think that there's a linebacker on the Jets that's going to be able to match up with him. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they look to Kincaid early and often, try to get him open in the middle of the field, get some space, get some first downs, get some confidence in him, and then also just open it up for everyone else, whether it's Hardy, Diggs, Cook out of the backfield, Dawson Knox on the other side, Josh able to run, you know, because they're drawing linebackers out. Um, I know it's a lot of pressure to put on a rookie week one, um, but I do think he has the potential to have a monster game um, if Dorsey draws up the plays right, um, and I think he's going to have a lot of one-on-one chances to make some plays. Um, and if he shows anything like he did at Utah or what he did in the preseason, um, I think he could be in for a big day. I think he could be in for like a 75 to 100-yard day if 
he they utilize him correctly. Um, so I'm looking at Kincaid um, on the offensive side to have um, a big game. As far as the score goes, I think this is going to be a shootout. Um, I anticipate the Jets are going to come out and come at them fast. I also wouldn't be surprised if it's the type of situation where if um, they win the coin toss, they want the ball to try to make a statement. Um, and I also wouldn't be surprised if they score right away and throw the first haymaker. Um, I think it's just all going to be about Buffalo's response. Um, ultimately, I think if, you know, the Bills can force Rodgers to dink and dunk or the press rush or pass rush is able to get to him, um, I think the Bills are going to be able to kind of grind this game out. Um, I think the offense will probably have some sloppy moments being week one, but um, I do anticipate Dorsey drawing up a good game plan, just like he did last year with the Rams. Came out, they executed everything pretty much to a T, like you said, Andrew, minus a few mistakes. Um, so I think the Jets might uh, get ahead early, but I think late Buffalo is going to be able to take over coming out of halftime. Um, and ultimately, I think they're going to come away. Uh, I'm going to go 33-24 Buffalo. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I've been going back and forth um, this week, knowing this was coming, knowing I had to make a call here and, and decide what I uh, think was going to happen. I've been going back and forth. I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised if the ball if the Bills fall short. I wouldn't be surprised if we're pulling out our hair. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if the Bills go out and just roll them. Um, I think that's less likely. Um, I think this is going to be a very frustrating game for the Bills. I think Tuesday, uh, Twitter is going to be on fire. I think mm-hmm. people are going to be panicked, win or lose, uh, at what we saw. Uh, I agree with you, Nick. I think the Jets come out firing on all cylinders and take the Bills off guard, uh, catch them off guard. But that being said, the Bills, I think, are the more talented team. They're the more experienced team, um, and I trust them to come out of halftime and kind of right the ship and dig them out of dig themselves out of whatever hole they put themselves in the first half. So, oh man. That being said, <clears throat> right now the line is set at two and a half. Bills are two and a half point favorites. So essentially, you take away the three points that home teams get. Bills are you know you know five point favorites ish um over under sets that is set at 46 and a half uh, i'm kind of in the range of like 24 to 27 24 to 30 that type of range i, I think yeah i'll go 24 to 27 like i said i, I think Jets score two touchdowns right off the bat I think the Bills defense is going to need a, a quarter or two to kind of get their feet under them. Um, and I think Rodgers is going to throw one up to Garrett Wilson. It, he's going to beat Trey or he's going to beat someone over the top. And we're going to be like, oh, boy, here we go. Um, but then I think they they kind of sputter in the second half. So we'll go 24-27 Bills. But I don't think anyone's going to be happy Tuesday morning. Very fair. Then again, I feel like even if the Bills won 45 nothing, there's always someone that's not oh, happy with something. Right. And you know what? I I really I am public I'm going to say this publicly 
as a pledge to myself, to my friends, to my family members, to my girlfriend, I am going to try very hard this year to not let this team dictate my emotions and my mood this year. Uh, I'm going to try very hard to stay level-headed about everything um, and not overreact too much. uh, And just, it's a game. It's okay. We'll figure it out. But we'll see. We'll see how long that lasts. I'll take that plunge with you, buddy. Um, week two, home opener against the Raiders. Um, I don't know about you, but I think we kind of come out and just beat the brakes off of them, regardless of what happens week one. I don't think the Raiders are very good. I think it's the perfect home opener to get back in front of these fans. Um, and I could see this being a route quickly and the Bills hopefully moving to 2-0. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'll be at this game, home opener. I do not miss home openers. It's my favorite day of the year. It's my favorite holiday. So I will be there. Um, I Yeah, I think they win. I Again, uh, no, I'm going to say this is going to be like the, the Steelers game uh, of last year. Uh, it's such a fun game um, for many reasons. But, um, yeah, I think they're just going to fire. They're going to – it's going to click for the offense – one way or, you know, no matter how week one ended for them, there's going to be some frustrations there. And I think they're going to exercise some of those frustrations against a lesser team. I don't think the Raiders are going to be um, a bad team this year. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be pretty good. They got Josh Jacob back. I think it's going to be a good squad, but uh, I don't think they're going to be a match for the Bills. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take a win there. Week three on the road against the Commanders. Um, I think this is a trickier game than people anticipate i think the commanders are improved now that they're under new ownership i think that you know jahan dotson terry mclaurin is definitely obviously a really scary receiving core um sam howells looks promising in the preseason but um at the same time i still think that there's levels to this and i don't think that the commanders are quite on the bills level yet um i think this could be very similar to the last time we played them a few years ago in buffalo where kind of hung around a little bit early. And then towards the end of the game, Taylor Heineke started throwing the ball right to the bills. I think the same thing could happen with Sam Howell and the bills kind of take over this game late. I mean, they have a good defensive line, but they also didn't renew chase chase young's fifth year option. Um, they still have a lot of question marks in the secondary. Um, I think that's another win uh, for the bills um, on the road. And I think it might be a little bit closer than people think, but uh, still a win nonetheless. Yeah, totally echo uh, those thoughts. I think you hit it right on the head. It's a good team. They're going to be a good team. They're just not on the same level as the Bills. So I'll take a dub there. Week four, our arch nemesis, the Miami Dolphins, come to Buffalo. Finally, they come to us early in the year. Um, I think this is going to be probably – I think this is even tougher task than the Jets week one. Um, you know, the Dolphins came into our building last year – um, almost beat us in that weird snow game and then almost beat us with Skylar Thompson in the playoffs. Um, so for those reasons alone, I actually think this is going to be a big chip on the shoulder game for the Bills that they want to go out and make a statement that, you know, hey, last year you beat us in a fluke game when it was 155 degrees in Miami and Josh Adarm mm-hmm. was still screwed up at the end of the year. And they want to come out and show not only the Jets, but the Dolphins too, who I think is the real, you know, team the Bills should be fearing that they're not afraid and especially with Jalen Ramsey 
um, not going to be there. I think that's a huge advantage for the Bills as well. Um, they're also similar to the Jets with their offensive lines a little shaky. Um, and I think it'll be a game where I think it's going to be close for a little bit. And then maybe the Bills can pull away a little in the fourth quarter. Nothing like crazy, not saying they're going to blow them out, but I think they can win this game by like 10 to 13 points. Yeah, I, I, I think this, I think they split the Dolphins. So we'll go home and home. Um, but I, I do think the Dolphins have more to prove still against, you know, when they play, when these two teams play, even with everything that happened last year, right? They were riding high. They thought they, you know, won the Super Bowl. But I just, I, uh, I still think they have way more to prove than the Bills do. So I'll take a win uh, in Orchard Park. So 4-0 going over to London, technical home game first for the Bills against the Jaguars. Uh, I'm going to give the Bills their first loss of the year here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think for some reason we always play really dumb, weird games against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I was there um, when we played them and lost 9-6 to a couple of years ago. It made me want to vomit in my mouth that I paid the money and drove the three and a half hours to go watch that in person. Um, they obviously have a really good offense with Kelvin Ridley coming back um, in the fold this year. Zay Jones is a number three is obviously a good option along with Christian Kirk. ETN another year, Trevor Lawrence another year with Doug Peterson. They got some guys on defense. Obviously, we had the Josh Allen, Josh Allen game. Um, and I just think the Jaguars had the advantage from the standpoint of the Bills get unlucky from, you know, the Jaguars are going to get to stay there for uh, two weeks. You know, they're playing a home game there the previous week before and then they're just staying there and playing the bills. So I think that's a huge disadvantage for this bills team um, for a team that's, you know, hasn't played in London in a long time, um, especially with this core group of players. Um, And, you know, Jacksonville, I still think is middle of the pack in the AFC. I still think they're a playoff team and they're probably going to win that division. But um, I think it's a weird spot for the bills, especially coming off the dolphins, having to travel, um, and like I said, we just haven't played the Jaguars great the last few times. And I just think this could be, um, a sloppy game and we lose on a couple dumb plays an interception or a missed field goal, or just a really long touchdown run or something. And, um, I think they're going to lose a close game to Jacksonville in this one and go to four and one. Yeah. This has trap game written all over it. Big old L. Um, Giants week six after that's a Sunday night game at home. Brian Dable's return. Um, I do think the Bills are going to win this game, but I do think it's going to be a head headache game similar to the Jets week one. Dable is going to come out firing. He's going to drop a lot of good plays for that offense to come out. Um, he obviously knows this Bills defense pretty well, just going up against it in practice. Um, obviously there's some pieces that are changed and now that Sean McDermott's calling it. Um, and I just think, you know, despite, I think Dable has a great relationship with a lot of players and a lot of people in the organization and the, you know, the Buffalo community as a whole, I do think there was some tension there on the way out between him and McDermott. Um, so I think there's going to be a little bit of a personal battle in this game. Um, and I think that it's going to be a lot closer than people want it to be. Um, but at the end of the day, this Bills team is still more talented um, than the Giants. And as long as they're able to contain Saquon Barkley, I think the Giants have an improved defense. But um, I don't think their offense is anything that the Bills defense can't handle. 
Um, but I do think it's going to be a close game in Dable's return um, and the Bills get back on track week six after the loss to the Jaguars. Yeah, I think this is a a loss for the Bills. I think I think the beginning of the, our schedule, while it's not crazy challenging, I think it's going to be exhausting for them, especially coming back from London. Like I said, it's a trap game they're going to play. It's going to be annoying. They're not going to have Vaughn. <sighs> Shit, it's the Bills. There's going to be an injury in there somewhere that we didn't expect, let's be honest. I think they're going to be tired early. Um, I think the Giants up to that point have a pretty simple schedule. I think it's a very good squad. It's a good team. Um, I could see it being like a close, tight loss. I mean, um, the Giants, the biggest competition before they play us is the 49ers two weeks before, three weeks before. So I just, I think the bills are going to be in like a first part of the season slump at that point. Um, and I, I, I don't see it going their way. So I'll take a loss there. All right. So I have them at five and one You're at four and two. Mm-hmm. We have week seven at new England. Um, um, scheduling this as the Dawson Knox Dalton Kincaid show game <laughs> where we can finally get back at them for all the years of Rob Kronkowski and Aaron Hernandez um, and we just throw 12 personnel all over their ass and make yeah. Mac Jones look terrible um, and I expect a good statement performance in this game from the Bills yeah so this will be so I said they're going to be dragging they're going to be tired this game is going to be the uh, energy drink game. This is where they get their mojo back. Vaughn will be back in full force. Uh, the offense is going to be clicking. They're going to be have a pep back in their step, and they're just going to fucking destroy the Patriots. I like that. All right, so I have seven one, or excuse me, six and one, uh, and you have five and two. Week eight, home Thursday night game, Bills, Bucks. I will all be at this game as well. Um, yeah, the Bucks they have a lot of talented players, but their quarterback is Baker Mayfield, and it might be <laughs> Kyle it might be Kyle Trask by that point. So um don't think the Bucks are gonna give the Bills too much um of a headache in this game. I mean, like I said, they do have some talented players like Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Defensive side, they still have a lot of really tough players, Antoine Winfield, Vita Vea, um, you know, linebacker Devin White. They have some dudes over there, Levante David as well. But um, ultimately, I think this is a perfect Bills revenge game from Tampa a few years ago where they came all the way back and then lost in overtime. Um, I think this one could get ugly quick uh, for Tampa. Yep. No, I agree. I think this is an easy win. Um, Tampa's got talented players, but they don't have a talented team. So uh, I'm all for this. Let's uh, keep the winning rolling uh, against Tampa Bay. Week nine at Cincinnati prime time. I do not have a good feeling about this game. I had this, this game circled as the, we might get uh, pumped. Like it could be bad. Um, I hope it's not, but I think until the bills can show that they can really hang with the Bengals, um, especially after last year, it's going to be wait and see for me. Now, granted, they did lose a lot of key contributors on their defensive side of the ball. They lost a cornerback in both their safeties. Um, but Joe Burrow still has probably the best receiving core in the league. Joe Mixon still a decent running back. 
Um, they have a good offensive line and it's in Cincinnati. I think they're motivated because of all the talk last year of, Oh, you know, who knows what would have happened in the DeMar game. Like it was very evident that the Bengals were probably going to win that game from the jump. They were kind of just running it down our throats and we couldn't really do anything to stop them. I'm interested to see how Sean McDermott coaches this game defensively. Um, I'm hoping it's closer than I think it's going to be, but um, I think this could be very Bills Chiefs-esque of it's not going to be good during the regular season, um, but in the playoffs, we're, if we were to face them, I think we might give them a game of a lifetime similar to what we did to the Chiefs um, a few years ago. But, yeah, I don't I don't like the Bills in this one, especially on the road um, in prime time after a couple of uh, easy opponents too. Um, I think it's going to be a – a tough game for them. So I'm going to give them their second loss on my end here. Yeah. This is going to start a very annoying November to be a bills fan. In my opinion, I think it's going to be an ugly game. These teams, I don't give a shit about the DeMar stuff. These teams hate each other. The fan bases hate each other. I can't stand the Bengals. All the pomp and circumstance of oh, going back to the scene of where it happened, and a year later, blah blah. It's it's going to be ugly for the Bills. Uh, the Bengals have their number. I don't care what happened last year. I mean, it it's going to be ugly. Um, I've got a like you said, Nick. I've got a very bad feeling about this game. I did the second I saw it on the schedule. It's just it's not going to end well, and it's going to be a start of an ugly stretch for the Bills, in my opinion. Yeah, um, but they do get the Broncos at home the next week. I think they're going to be improved um, under Sean Payton. They obviously still have a very good defense um, headlined by Patrick Sertan at corner. Definitely a tough matchup for Diggs. Um, But I do like the Bills' chances in this game just because it is a home game. Um, Russell Wilson looks like he left his body about two years ago. (laughs) So um, I still think that unless he really flips the switch and goes back to like MVP type Russ in Seattle. Um, I do think this is going to be a win for the bills. And for some reason, it always seems that Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton's hurt. It always seems like one or both are hurt and they're never healthy together. Um, so especially by week 10, I don't know how healthy they're going to be um, as an offense. Also the running back Javante Williams is coming off of an ACL from last year. So um, I think the bills will, um, it'll be a tougher game, but I do think they'll be able to kind of get back on track, especially after what we both think is going to be a tough, a tough Bengals game. Um, and I think it's going to be one that they really know that they need to win. Um, especially like you said, Andrew, with the games they have, um, coming up after that. Yeah, I think they win this game, but I think it's just going to be an ugly boring game. I think this is going to be a game that we forget about when we look back on this season next year. Um, I think it's going to be like a 17 to 13, 17 to 10 type game. Um, Throw in some bad weather or something stupid like that. Josh has a terrible game. He's running for his life. Something crazy happens at the end and they sneak their way out of it. Um, And you almost would rather have them lost the game, that type of thing. Like I can already see me tweeting like they don't deserve to win this game like that's kind of the feeling i get from this broncos game i think they'll win i just it'll it's gonna be an ugly game ugly win and then it doesn't get any easier they get the jets at home the week after um this is a tough game because i do think 
they're going to split with the Jets and the Dolphins and then sweep the uh, Patriots. Part of me really wants to pick them to win this game at home. Um, but I just think this is going to be an annoying game. And I think this is going to be like a bills are driving late to take the lead. And then we make a dumb decision. This gives me like Vikings game vibes from last year where we have a chance to win. We die a million times and come back. Um, and I just, I just don't like the vibe of this game either. So I'm going to, I'm going to chalk the third loss, um, for my side here. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I had the exact same thought. This is going to be like the Vikings game. Uh, and like I said, the November from hell is going to continue. I could even see an injury happening during this game that Jets fans are going to be so excited about and they're going to, you know, dig your grave for you. This is this is going to be a game where you're like, oh, my God, this season needs to be done already. Um, so, yeah, no, I see a loss happening. All right, so then we go to the Eagles the next week, 425 in Philadelphia. Um, Weird game. I actually don't think the Bills are going to get smoked in this game. I do think they are going to lose. Um, But I do think this is the perfect, similar to when we played the Chiefs again, as far as it's a good measuring stick game of this team was in the Super Bowl last year. Their defense is insane. Their offensive line's really, really good. We'll have Vaughn back by that point. As far as let's go in there, let's make this a tough, hard-nosed game. And again, we're never about the moral victories here, but if you can go in there and hang with them and make it a one-score game at the end of the day, um, and you know, a few plays here and there, you know, neutral site, hopefully, maybe potentially in a Super Bowl, you can get them. Um, I just think in Philadelphia. Um, the way that they played last year, especially with the weapons they have too. I think you could even make the case that they have the best receiving core between Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and A.J. Brown, uh, throwing Dallas Goddard there too. Um, it's going to be a tough one. If it, was, if it was in Buffalo, I'd actually feel a little bit better. Um, but in Philadelphia, I just – I don't know. It's also one of those where this could be a game the Bills win because everyone's just going to expect the Eagles to win this game. But – um, I think this is going to be a close loss um, for the Bills, and they're going to go back-to-back losses before the bye week, um, bringing them to three losses, uh, to- or excuse me, four losses total um, on my end going into the bye week. Damn, it was going to be boring for the listeners, but I agree with everything you said. I, I think I think this is going to be a game where after it, we're going to sit here and be like, okay, it was a shit month. They look terrible. No one believes in them, right? Maybe they're going to be sitting in second or third, even in the division. Um, but we're going to say, look, they played the Eagles tough. It's been a long start to the season. It's been back and forth. They're banged up. We're going to get so-and-so back after the bye week, whatever we're saying. Um, they looked pretty good. That's enough to kind of get off the ledge for a little bit. Let's get healthy, have a rest up, and get back into you know the swing of things against the Chiefs in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, so I think it's a loss. Um, it'll be close, kind of like you said, a moral victory. We're going to be sitting here saying, look, it's okay. We're going to get Micah Hyde back from injury. We're going to get Jordan back or, you know, they're, you know, Josh is playing hurt or Diggs isn't, you know, you know, or someone's ankles accident, whatever. Right. It's going to be something like that. We're going to be like, look, they're fine. Here comes the bye week. They're great out of the bye. It's okay. We made it through the first half of the season. Let's just finish out strong. 
and look towards the playoffs. Yep. So at this point, I have the Bills at eight and four after twelve weeks, and I think you have them at seven and five. Then, yep. Um, I'm gonna say something I wouldn't normally say coming out of the bye week against the Chiefs <laughs> in Arrowhead. I think they're gonna walk into Arrowhead and pump the Chiefs. <laughs> I d- I don't know why we've we've played them great in the regular season the last two times we've been there. Um, they lost Juju in the offseason. Kadarius Tony never stays a full season healthy. Outside of Travis Kelsey, who knows what's going on with his knee right now. Um, you know, they don't really have another receiver. I don't think their defense is as good. Um, especially who knows what's gonna happen with Chris Jones. I'd assume he'd be back by then, but who knows what kind of shape he's gonna be in. Um, I don't think their corners are that elite. Um and, I mean, the Eagles were able to go up and down on them all during the Super Bowl, and just the Eagles' defense kind of let them down. Um, and I think this is going to be a motivated team. I think they're going to get after Mahomes, and I think they're just going to go in there and just – I think it could be like a, I don't know, like a 35-17 game. I just, I just feel really good coming – for some reason, the Bills always just come really good out of the bye week. And I think the Bills are sick and fucking tired of playing in Kansas City in the regular season. They think it's bullshit. And they are just ready to go in there, beat them, be like, all right, we're 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 done with this shit. Let's just go back home now. Fair enough. Uh, I don't think they, what did you say, pump them? Yep. I don't think they, <laughs> I don't think they pump them. I think they win, though. And I think it's going to be an energizing win. I think it's going to be like a repeat of, the AFC championship game, right? Remember how much fun that was when it was the back and forth and back and forth, stop it at 13 seconds. But I think it's going to be that type of energy. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Josh is going to have his best game of the season. Um, I'm going to be worried about the defense. I feel like the defense is going to be dragging and they're going to kind of be an Achilles heel for this team this year. Um, So I think that's going to cause some concern I think the Bills win, uh, but I think it's just going to be an exciting game, an energizing win for the team that kind of gets the fan base back on their side and kind of excited about, all right, let's finish out this season strong. Let's look towards January. Let's look towards, you know, potentially February. So give me a win. Next week, week 15, home Cowboys, 425 game in Orchard Park. One of the more ironic 425s you'll get at home. Sure, Andrew's not thrilled about having to be up a little later for that one. He loves one o'clock games. It means more tailgating, so I'm all right with it. <laughs> um, I like the Bills in this one. I think Micah Parsons is obviously going to be a problem for the Bills. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, I don't know. I just don't believe in Dak. I don't think Dak's that good. I think he's shown it the last couple of years that he's been a lot more inconsistent. I think their offensive line, despite how good it is, has kind of been deteriorating a little bit over the last few years. I don't think it's nearly as good. Um, they obviously have a really good receiving core um, and whatnot. Tony Pollard's a great running back. Um, but if the Bills are able to kind of maintain Micah Parsons a little bit, double team him and get going, um, you know Trayvon's going to be going at Steph and hunting for picks, but I think the Bills are going to be able to kind of take advantage of that aggressiveness and uh, get them over the top a few times. Um, I think this will be a really entertaining game, but I think the bills will come away with a win in it. Yeah. Uh, I'll take a win too. I think the offense will be rolling at this point. Um, I think 
the defense will get some help. I think Dak might even be out of the game, uh, you know, on the sidelines. We'll see Trey Lance at this point. Um, I don't believe in the Cowboys. So um, I think this will be a fun two score game, two score win for the Bills. Um, I feel pretty confident about a win here. Week 16 at the Chargers. This feels like another, this feels like a second half trap game. This feels like the, uh, if the Chargers win this game, they propel themselves back into the playoff race. Justin Herbert, this is like the prime Keenan Allen or Mike Williams has been out for like five weeks and is coming back against the Bills. <laughs> um, their defense is obviously good. Joey Bosa, Cleo Mack, Derwin James, a little bit older, but they're also banged up a lot. Um, this is a tough game to gauge. I could definitely I, – I wouldn't be surprised regardless of how this outcome goes. Um, I'll, I'm will i going to give the Bills a win, but I don't feel, like, great about it. Um, like I said, the Chargers are, like, the most bipolar team ever. But at the end of the day, I still think they should have fired Brandon Staley for what happened to them against the Jaguars in the playoffs. And I just don't think he's good down the stretch of close games. So I think if Buffalo can keep this close, they can steal one um, in L.A. And they also like playing at that stadium. So I don't think they need to steal it. I think they're going to take it outright. I think the Bills are going to be flying high at this point. I think they're going to be clicking on all cylinders. They've felt the frustrations from earlier in the season they know what's at stake um right we'll see we'll know at this point kind of where the jets and the dolphins experiment seasons are landing them um the bills are gonna you know maybe be a game out of first or hanging on for dear life to first place it's gonna be tight up there they're gonna know what's ahead of them and what's at stake i don't think they're going to make many mistakes the rest of this stretch um so i'll take a win here uh, against the chargers uh week 17 uh win. yeah win bailey zapier malik cunningham might be a quarterback by then <laughs> um I, th- I just think it's really funny because patriots fans are going to talk themselves into having a good year when they should no. actually be trying to tank because there's actually like three <laughs> or four really good quarterbacks coming out next year and it's going to be awesome when they go like seven and ten and have like the ninth pick and all quarterbacks get taken it's going to be awesome yeah yeah give me give me a win give me a snow game with bag of milk looking at his breath again because it's so cold not knowing what's happening getting absolutely embarrassed give me belichick breaking phones and tablets on the sidelines give me all of it it's going to be a classic bills patriots win uh in orchard park and then week 18, game time to be determined. I have a feeling this will end up being like a Saturday, Saturday flex game. Yep. Um, in Miami, like we said earlier, because I, I do think we're gonna split, they're gonna have Jalen Ramsey back. Um, I think at this point the Bills probably will have a spot in the playoffs at least locked up. Um division, I don't know if it's for the division. I think I would pick this game differently, um, but not knowing it, I think the Bills might have the division at that point, even if the Dolphins were to like win the game. Um, so I'm going to give the Dolphins the nod in this one um, and give them the win. So um, coming out of that, that would be five losses on my end for the Bills to go 12-5 and five overall. Yeah, 
man, this sucks. If it was for the division, I would pick the Bills to win because I think Josh would just go nuts and do whatever well, he has to do with this team and win the game. But it's hard to predict without knowing what – I haven't really looked at the Dolphins' schedule to know what they would probably be at. Yeah, I just – to his health. I don't see – well, true. I just – I don't see the Bills sweeping them, but they're going to have to sweep them to win the division because – I have this as a loss. I said it was a, they're going to split them. This is right. They're slated to lose it. But if they lose it, they're going to be 11 and six. And that does not win you the division. There's no shot. 11 and six wins you the division. There's just not. I, I don't care what I said about the Jets or about the Dolphins. I don't think 11 wins is enough to win it for you. Um, right. So I think if it's for the division, I agree with you, Nick, they will win it. But I don't see – that means they're going to have to lose at home against them, and I don't see that happening either. So it's just – man. It would be them having to win another game that you maybe thought they would lose. Yeah, maybe. Because I, I have them at 12-5, and five, so to me that's probably good enough to win the division. I think 12 yeah. games probably wins them the division. That's um, the minimum. You have Yeah, 12 or bust if you want the division. They'll I make think- the playoffs either way. Yeah. Well – I think they will. I think that I think that if they go, I think if it's, I think this division could easily be Buffalo twelve and five, and then one of the Jets or Dolphins is eleven and six, and and then the other one's ten and seven. Like I think it's going to be tight, and then there's just the Patriots crying in the corner. But (laughs) man, this is tough. I don't know. I. I guess we'll give them a loss, and they're just going to have to be a wild card team. It also, I guess, it, de- I, it, de- it depends on who else the Dolphins and the Jets beat throughout the course of their schedule for tiebreaker purposes. Yeah, who, do, who do you have more faith in, the Dolphins or the Jets, to win the division? I don't know. I don't. Um, I don't. I I think I would only say that I would say the Jets only because of Tua's health. That's the only reason. Yeah, I need but to I see like... him. Pl- I need to see him play a full sixteen games. He hasn't done it. But I think the Dolphins have a better team without Tua than Rodgers with a lesser Jets team. If that makes sense, yeah. I think you take out a lesser quarterback for the Dolphins is a better team than a lesser team with a better quarterback for the Jets. It's going to be a tough division, regardless. I think. I mean, we've seen we've seen other years where teams that go eleven and six win divisions. I mean, we've seen the NFC. I mean, this doesn't equate to last year, but we've seen the NFC East in the past where there's a nine and seven, yeah. like a six and like we've seen below five hundred teams win divisions. And this could all just be completely mute. This could be sure. completely like. How last year everyone thought the Chiefs, the AFC West, yeah, exactly. It yeah. could be that, and then the Bills just go oh, thirteen yeah. and four. I honestly, I am more confident that this, the AFC East, is this year's AFC West, and the Bills are the Chiefs, and they just roll through everybody, and it's not a big deal. Everyone else implodes. I feel more confident in that happening than the Bills going eleven and six and sneaking into a wild card spot. But it's still a real possibility, and it's the realest possibility of that happening in the last four years, three years, whatever it is, right? Like, I 
You know what I'll say, though, is even if they were a wild card team, I don't give a shit at all because I don't think we're going to get the one seed. I don't think that's going to happen. And it really hasn't mattered regardless. The thing with the Bills is they haven't performed in the playoffs the last few years. So uh, to me, it doesn't matter. As long as they get in the playoffs, they have every opportunity to do what they need to do to win a Super Bowl. It's about getting there, locking in for three or four weeks, depending on buys and whatnot, but I don't think they're going to get it. So lock in for four weeks and go win a fucking Super Bowl. See, I, I think don't... it's just getting there to do that. I know I know home field means a lot, and I'd feel better about the Bills if they got to play one, if not two, home games before having to go play in Kansas City, in Cincinnati, in wherever, in like, you know, who knows, maybe freaking Jacksonville is a high seed because of how terrible that division is. I right. feel way better about going into going there. to Jacksonville, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 going to be a hectic season, man. Well, yeah, and I just I think with the narrative I just created in my head about this season with the random injuries and the dumpster fire November, if that happens, that team that I just painted does not make it to the Super Bowl. There's no chance. So. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or the Bills could be the team that is healthy. Like, who knows? When the, like, when was Kansas, the last time that happened? Like Kansas City, like Kelsey, like they're saying, oh yeah, it's just like a minor knee thing, and it's like, well, right. Von Miller's thing Von, was a Von yeah. knee, or was a knee injury for one week, and then all of a sudden it's an ACL. So yeah. I'm never gonna wish you know injury upon no, players. No. But, you know, because I've seen a lot of people on Bill's Twitter being like, oh, I hope that is what I'm like, come on, have no. some decent human being sense. But who knows, like if they get Bond Von back week six and, you know, they have Micah back now and, you know, who knows, maybe by week 10 through 12, maybe Christian Kirksey's the middle linebacker and is making crazy plays all over the field for this yeah. defense. Like we just don't know. So and maybe yeah. Gabe Davis turns into a 1,200-yard receiver and he gets a bag like – a lot of things can happen and maybe Dalton Kincaid like sets the rookie tight end, like receiving record. Who knows? Like a lot of things could happen both ways, yeah. but uh, we're in for, we're in for a long season. That's for sure. My friend, we are. And Buffalo oil is going to be there with you the entire ride. Yes. So stay yes. with us all season. Stay with us all year. We'll be back each and every week. You know, we're, I believe we're 34 days away now from hockey season two. So, um, it's going to be great. The Bills are going to be in peak form. Sabres are opening up at home against the Rangers. The Bandits are going to be coming back. Um, the Bisons have actually been playing really well lately. They're going to probably be in the playoffs. So, you know, stay with us each and every week. We're going to continue to bring you all the news that's coming forth. You know, Sabres training camps coming up here in a couple weeks. They already announced Devin Levi's not doing like the rookie showcase. He's going to be just straight up at training camp competing for the number one spot. So um, a lot of great things coming Buffalo sports, but yeah, that's going to, that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate everyone for tuning in each and every week. Give us a follow on our socials in the link tree in the description. Uh, We'll be back next week following the bills jets game uh, to kind of break things down and then preview uh, the home opener of bills. First, the Raiders, which Andrew will be at. Um, And yeah, just, Appreciate everyone for tuning in each and every week. This has been the Buffalo Oil Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. These guys are good. Scary good. What a connection. Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.